Thank you for joining us. Our goal at Church of the Rock is to help you know God, live free, and find purpose. To learn more about us, please check out our website at churchoftherock.ca or stay connected with our free app available for Apple and Android devices. Hey friends, you are going to be absolutely blessed this morning. Uh, the the McLeans are with us, and and uh, they are sort of the pillars, one of the pillars of the Church of Jesus in Winnipeg. A uh, long time a gateway. Uh, Ron serves sort of as he he never calls himself this, but he he sort of got that apostle father thing going on to uh, with Salt and Light. That's sort of their network of churches, and we are just so thrilled to have Ron with us, and he's got an amazing word. Open up your hearts and your spirits to Ron. Give him a big Church of the Rock welcome. Thanks, Aubrey. God bless you. Good morning, Church of the Rock. Now, all your campuses and your online community, it really is sincerely a delight to be with you. We love Church of the Rock. And we love your pastors and Pastor Mark. Mark and I have partnered together in, in uh, working with the other city pastors for over 38 years. And we thank you, Church of the Rock, for your incredible generosity to Gateway. Thank you for your commitment to evangelism and to spreading the gospel. And thank you for your great service to the body of Christ. So it really is a treat to be here, and it's great to be with my family. Got my cheering section. Uh, Yeah, it is a good one. Let me just plug this in. If you would turn in your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. And I am going to give you an invitation at the end of the message, so uh, just to make you aware of that. I'm going to share two things with you today that will transform your life. The first one is the gospel. Romans 1 says the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And when we put our faith and trust in who Jesus Christ is and what he's done through his death and his resurrection and his ascension, a miracle happens in our lives. We're born again. Born anew. We become a new creation in Christ. An incredible transformation. And I was 19 when I experienced that transformation. My second year of university, Jesus broke into my life and absolutely transformed my life and my future. And there's nothing comparable to the gospel. And so if there's never been a definitive moment in your life where you have said yes to Jesus, right at the beginning of 2024 is a wonderful time to commit your life to Jesus. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved and transformed. But there's a second thing that will transform your life, not in the same way as the gospel, but in a profound way. 
It'll transform your perspective. It'll transform your attitude. It'll transform your relationship. It'll transform your life. And that is the power of gratitude. When, uh, when, we, when we express thanksgiving, there is a powerful transformation that begins to take place. And one of the healthiest things you can do at the beginning of this new year is to become a more thankful person. And if you do what I'm going to share with you today, if you put it into practice, it will transform your life because gratitude is a key to health, happiness, and holiness. So my title this morning is The Transforming Power of Gratitude. And let's read this story in Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance, lifted up their voices and cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When Jesus saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. Now you might want to underline that little phrase, turn back or highlight it or circle it. Praising God with a loud voice, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. There's the second little phrase, giving him thanks. You might want to highlight or underline. Now when he, now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give glory or praise to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to him, rise, your faith has made you well. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for your uh, powerful, living, active word. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we're asking, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will take the truths of your word, will write them on our heart, renew our thinking, and you will transform us with the power of gratitude. We ask this in your name and for your glory and for our good. Amen. So Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He's passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he's walking along, there are, he enters this village and there's 10 lepers. They're standing at a distance and they start crying out, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus simply says to him, go show yourselves to the priest. Now the Old Testament told us that you showed yourself to the priest when you were healed. But Jesus tells these guys to go show themselves to the priest. I think they looked at one another and thought, well. (laughs) And they headed off down to the priest. Maybe they were having a conversation on the the way. What are we going to tell the priest when we get there? But the Bible says, as they went, as they obeyed Jesus' word, they were healed. And you know, that exercise we just did, hearing Jesus is profoundly powerful because when you hear Jesus' words, they have power in them. They're debars, they're happenings. They they, they accomplish what they're sent. When Jesus says, do not fear, the power of God comes into us not to fear. And so Jesus says, 
Go show yourselves to the priest. And it says, as they went, they were healed. And I, I kind of think they were walking down the road saying, well, you know, what are we going to do when we get to the priest? And, and then they started to feel again because leprosy cuts all your feelings off. You can't feel anything in your limbs or your skin. And, and they, and they start, started to see fingers grow and toes grow. And, and their skin became pink like a little baby's. And they realized they were healed. And nine of them race off to the priest and one of them when he realizes he's healed he turns back he falls at Jesus feet giving him thanks let me share six things from this passage about thanksgiving the first one is God notices our gratitude and our ingratitude verse 17 says were there not ten cleansed where are the other nine Jesus says God notices how thankful you are And doesn't that make sense? Don't you notice how thankful somebody is? I wrote a Christmas card to somebody this Christmas, put a nice gift in it, sent it away. I never heard a thing. I wasn't looking for anything. I didn't need it, but I did notice there was no thankful. God notices how thankful we are. Marie was uh, an elderly lady. When she turned 90, she just couldn't, she couldn't think about going out and Christmas shopping and doing all that. She just didn't have the energy. And so she decided she would send all her friends and relatives a Christmas card with a check for $50 in it. So she uh, filled out all the checks. She filled the cards out. And in the card, she just wrote, uh, buy your own gift, love, Marie. She sent all the cards off. And she had a wonderful, peaceful Christmas. But after Christmas, she was a little puzzled. She thought, nobody said thank you. She didn't get any cards, no phone calls, nobody dropped by. She thought that was very strange. Until she was cleaning up her desk and under a whole pile of paper, she found all the $50 checks she'd forgot to put in the card. So the poor family opened their Christmas card up and it said, buy your own gift, Marie. (laughs) God notices how thankful we are. Because he is the God of all the cosmos. He's all-powerful, all-sovereign, but he's also all-personal. He's our heavenly father. And he knows, he notices how thankful we are. The second thought about thanksgiving is thanksgiving is a defense against deception. Look at verse 18. Jesus says, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? When we give thanks, we're glorifying God. And the Bible tells us that keeps us from deception. A thankful heart is a God-glorifying heart and will guard us against the deceitfulness of sin. The Apostle Paul says this in both Ephesians and in Colossians. Ephesians 5, verse 3 to 7 says, Let there be neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather the giving of thanks and let no one deceive you. Thanksgiving is a defense against deception and the deceitfulness of sin. It's a defense against the deceptions of pride and self-sufficiency. We're actually thanking somebody 
who's, who's done something. We're not an island unto ourselves. It, it, it guards us against the deceptions of bitterness and criticism and cynicism and complaining and grumbling and negativeness. It guards us against fear and worry and anxiety. You know you can't be thankful and resentful at the same time. They just don't go together. And Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God and let the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. What does it guard in our hearts and minds? It guards us against deception, against the deceitfulness of sin. And gratitude is a defense against deception because it keeps us humble. When you thank someone, it's actually an act of humility. Because you're you're saying, you've done something for me and I'm deferring to you. I'm thanking you for it. Gratitude has been appointed one of the guardians of our souls. And a thankful heart keeps us from the deceitfulness and deceptions that are in this world. The third thought is that thanksgiving is a duty. Jesus said in verse 10, just above our passage, he's talking to his disciples, he says, when you have done all that you were commanded, just say we're unprofitable servants, we have done only what was our duty to do. The Holy Spirit inspired this story to be preceded by Jesus addressing his disciples and saying, look, when you've done everything you've been commanded to do, just say it was only our duty. And thanksgiving is a duty. The reason it's a duty is because we've been commanded to give thanks. Ephesians 5 verse 20 says, always giving thanks for all things. And 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks always, for all things, in all circumstances. Give thanks for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now you know, this really rankles some people. They think, I had, I had a guy, it was a pastor actually, he said to me, that's not true. I said, well, it's right there in the Bible. It's Ephesians 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, it's right there. Well, it, it can't mean that. How can you give thanks? to I said, well, that's what it means. It means in everything, at all times, because there is a power in thanksgiving. Some of you might be familiar with Corrie Ten Boone. She's a Dutch evangelist after the Second World War. Her and her family, they hid Jews from the Nazis. They got caught, and her sister Betsy and her father and her all ended up going to a concentration camp. It was absolutely horrible. They were put in the same concentration camp as the Jewish people were. Terrible, wicked, evil place. And to make it worse, the barracks that Corrie and her sister Betsy were in were infested with lice. 
And Corey was complaining about the lice one day. You know, it's miserable. We have to put up with all this other stuff. And then we have these horrible lice. And she went on and on and on. And finally, her sister Betsy said, Corey, you need to give thanks for the lice. What? She said, how can I give thanks for these? She said, what the Bible says, always giving thanks for all things to God the Father. And in everything... In every circumstance, give thanks. Well, Corey didn't like it, but she believed in the word of God and she submitted herself to God's word and she started to give thanks for the lice. Not only did it change her attitude, but they later found out it was the very lice in their barracks that kept the German prisoners out so they wouldn't molest the women and they could have their Bible study without fear of getting caught. Thanksgiving is a duty. We're commanded to give thanks for all things and in every circumstance. Fourthly, the fourth thought about Thanksgiving is that Thanksgiving has a reward. Verse 15 and 16 says the leper praised God with a loud voice giving Jesus thanks. For the leper, the reward was overflowing joy and rejoicing. And that's Truth, scripture teaches us that, that uh, thanksgiving is often associated with joy and gladness. Isaiah 51 verse 3 says, The Lord will surely comfort Zion. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the sound of singing. In Jeremiah 39 it says, There will be joy and songs of thanksgiving. One of the rewards of thanksgiving is joy. Another reward of thanksgiving is more blessing. 2 Corinthians 9 says, He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And Galatians says, Whatsoever a man soweth, that will he also reap. And when you sow gratitude, you reap the blessing of more, or you reap the, the fruit of more blessing. And isn't that true? When you do something for somebody and they're so grateful for it, it makes you want to do more for them, doesn't it? Doesn't it? That works with me. In every circumstance, we can either give thanks or we can curse. There was a pastor who was wandering around his neighborhood one Saturday morning. And he came upon a garage sale. And there was an old beat-up lawnmower there. And he needed a lawnmower. So uh, the kid who was running the garage sale, he said, Hey, do you mind if I try and start up the lawnmower? He said, No, no, go ahead. He so, so he uh, pumped it a few times. He started pulling, 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 pulling. Dead as a doornail. No, no, no spark, no sputter. So he went over to the kid. He said, Hey, kid, that, that thing's dead. He said, Oh, no, it's not dead, mister. Sorry. I forgot to tell you. When you start it, you got to kick it and you got to use curse words. And then it starts every Every time the pastor looked at him with a big pastoral grin he said well son I couldn't use any curse words I'm a pastor and besides it's been a long time since I said any curse words the kid said mister you just keep pulling they'll all come back to you <laughs> every circumstance some of you may even be tested in this today before today is over every circumstance you face you have a choice. You can either give thanks or you can curse. 
The fifth thought from this passage about thanksgiving is thanksgiving deepens our faith. Verse 15, 16, and 19. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, fell down on his face at Jesus' feet and gave him thanks. And Jesus said to him, your faith has made you well. Nine other lepers were healed, but only this man's faith was commended. His passion for God increased. His joy in God was enlarged. His faith was deepened. That's because thanksgiving deepens our faith. Thanksgiving magnifies God. Psalm 69 verse 30 says, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Now the word magnify means to make larger. Not like a microscope, which takes teeny tiny invisible things and makes them bigger than they really are, but it magnifies like a telescope that takes huge, vast things which are far away and brings them up close and makes them look more like they really are. And when we give thanks, it's like a telescope with God. It brings him up close and makes him look more like he really is. And that deepens our faith. Thanksgiving also deepens our faith because it facilitates God's powerful presence. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and I will enter his courts with The very way we get into the manifest presence of God is through thanksgiving. It facilitates his presence and that builds faith. And thanksgiving enlarges our capacity for the goodness and blessing of God. When we give thanks, it changes our perspective, our attitude, and our expectation. It makes us more hopeful and it makes us more optimistic. Do you know the difference between an optimist and a pessimist? Well, I'm going to tell you. An optimist counts his blessings is always good for good news, has the ability to smile at misfortune when fortune doesn't smile at him, and he thinks E on the gas gauge stands for enough. A pessimist forgets his blessings but remembers his trouble, not only expects the worst but makes the worst of it when it happens, and he feels bad when he feels good for a feel worse when it feels better. An optimist has no breaks. But a pessimist has no motor. An optimist looks at the world through rose-colored glasses. A pessimist looks at the world through woes-colored glasses. And no matter how bright the sunshine is, a pessimist will always point to the tunnel at the end of the light. And remember, always borrow from a pessimist. He never expects to get it back. When we remember the past with gratitude and builds our faith for the future, it increases our capacity to believe and receive. And lastly, thanksgiving is a discipline. Verse 15 says, one of them returned to give thanks. Nine didn't. Why? Maybe they forgot. You know, sometimes I forget. We get caught up with the gift and we forget the giver. That happens. Maybe they didn't forget. Maybe they were too proud. Because thanksgiving is an expression of indebtedness. 
Giving thanks to someone else detracts from our own glory. It shines the light on someone else. And sinful man loves his own glory more than the glory of God. Romans 1 says, Although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or give him thanks. Well, maybe they weren't too proud or they didn't forget. Maybe they just never learned to cultivate a grateful heart. Gratitude is an attitude. We learn it. We develop it through discipline and training. We cultivate it. We make a habit of it. Parents, do yourselves a favor. Do your kids a favor. Do everybody a favor. Train your kids to be grateful. Train them to cultivate a heart full of thanksgiving. Someone has said love isn't the healthiest emotion. Gratitude is. So how do we cultivate a grateful heart? Verse 15 and 16 says the leper came back. He returned to Jesus. One of the first ways that we, we can cultivate a grateful heart is to regularly count our blessings. Remember to come back. Remember to return. Rehearse, recall who God is and what he's done. Verse 105, Psalm 105 says, Give thanks to the Lord. Proclaim his greatness. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Remember the wonders he has done. Secondly, we can cultivate a great heart by starting and ending each day with giving thanks. The Psalms tell us, Psalm 92 and Psalm 119 say that we're to rise in the morning and give him thanks. To go to bed in the evening, give him thanks. In fact, Psalm 118 says the psalmist rises at midnight to give thanks to the Lord. And this was my habit for a number of years. It only takes a few seconds before you go to bed at night, just giving thanks for the day. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for the other. Thank you for the good, the bad, And the ugly. Give thanks in everything. And when you wake up in the morning, just starting the day for a few seconds, giving thanks to the one who is greeting you, who created you, who's calling you into his purpose. Another way we cultivate a grateful heart is to begin all our prayers with thanksgiving. Colossians 4 verse 2 says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant, keeping alert, with thanksgiving. If your prayer life is a little dull, you can bring life to it by thanksgiving. Starting every prayer with thanksgiving. It focuses us on who God is and what he's done. And lastly, we can grow and cultivate a habit of thanksgiving by making a habit of saying thank you. We can do that at every meal. We thank God. But we can also thank the person who made the meal who does the dishes, the people who serve us, just making a... And you know one of the things I want to encourage in Winnipeg? Because Winnipegers are not always very good at this. When someone lets you into traffic, thank them. Look in your rear view mirror and just say, thank you. I'm shocked. People, I let people, I stop, I wait, I'm in a hurry, but I prefer them. And they shoot into that lane and boom, they're gone. They don't even look. I'm looking for the hand in the mirror view mirror. It's not there. We can change our city, folks. A simple little act like that. Let me end. Let me end with a personal testimony of how 
The power of gratitude transformed my life. Several years ago, I was taking a team to India, and I got on a new medication for malaria, and by the time I got to India, I was dizzy, I was so sick, I couldn't even get out of bed. And I thought, I'm not going to make this mission, like I'm just going to be laying in a bed in India the whole time. But the team I was with, they prayed for me, and the host church prayed for me, and I got well enough, I could carry on with the mission. I did not feel good, I didn't feel great, but I got well enough, I could do it. And for the next 10 days, I ended up living on biscuits, bananas, rice, and water. And the end of those 10 days, I could not wait to get out of India. I thought, I got to get out of this place. I hate the heat. I hate the sweat. I hate the smells. I hate the, 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 the noise. I hate the biscuits and the bananas and the rice. And I, I was just miserable. And I wanted to get out. But we had a 10-hour layover in Mumbai. In, Del- in Bombay. And so I thought, Lord, how am I going to survive t- the last 10 hours? And then I had an idea. We're going to get a five-star air-conditioned hotel, and we're going to have a Western meal. I thought, oh, that's a great idea. My hope rose. I thought, okay, this is wonderful. We got to the Mumbai airport. I'm negotiating for the hotel. And one of our team members says, hey, Ron, there's a guy out in the arrivals line with your name on a sign. I said, what? And my first instinct was to hide. I thought, I knew I couldn't do that. So I walked out, and it was a Bible school student from one of the churches that we, we, in our Salt and Light family. I guess I told them we were coming. And, and he's there waiting for me. And I said, oh, it's so kind of you. Thank you for coming to get us. You know, we're just on a little layover here, and we don't want to be any trouble. God bless you. We'll catch you next time you're through. He said, oh, no, pastor. I can't leave the airport without you. I said, what? He said, yeah, my pastor won't let me leave the airport without you. I said, okay, well, let's call your pastor. So we went over to the phone. We called the pastor. Hey, pastor, thank you. Very kind of you. Oh, you're wonderful. Thank you. We're just here for a little layover. You know, we don't want to be any trouble to anybody. God bless you. We'll catch you next time you're through. He said, pastor, we have a meal waiting for you. I said, oh, dear Jesus. It's going to be rice and dal and bananas and biscuits. I said, oh, okay, pastor, thank you. That's very kind of you. We'll be, we'll be right over. So I go back to the guys. I said, guys, we, we got to go. But look, it's half hour there, half hour back. One hour, we'll eat, we'll pray for them. We'll be on our way. We still have eight hours to fulfill our five-star air-conditioned dream. Great, they said, okay. So we got in the taxi. I'm sitting on the right-hand side by the window in the back seat, guitar on my lap, and I'm sitting like this, and I'm thinking, we're going to a dinky little apartment. It's going to be so hot. But we have eight hours. We will be in a five-star. That gave me hope. So I'm thinking about this. And then I said to the Bible school student, how far is it to the pastor's house? He said, oh, it's two hours. (laughs) What? hours you mean an hour there and an hour back he said no pastor two hours there two hours back (laughs) at that moment my dream my five-star air-conditioned and western meal dream was sliding into the abyss and I was sliding into the abyss with it I'm not kidding I lost it I thought, Lord, I'm going to have a breakdown. I am going to have a breakdown. This is so disappointing. And as I'm sliding into the abyss, watching the dream crumble at my feet, I think, 
Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Help me, help me. And a little song came into my mind immediately. Chorus from years ago. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. You went to Calvary. There you died for me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. You went to Calvary. There you died for me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus. So I start singing this. My team members start to laugh. They still look, Ron's trying to make himself feel better. I thought... I'm trying to save my life. That's what I'm doing. So I sang that over and over and over, mechanically, because I wasn't thankful for anything. But I sang it. I sang it for the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm singing away after about 20, 15, or 20 minutes of singing. Tears start to come down my cheeks. I think, oh no, I'm having a breakdown. And then I start to laugh. And I'm laughing and I think, no, I'm having a breakup. (laughs) And at that moment, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was the most amazing, miraculous thing that happened to me. And isn't that what the book of Ephesians chapter 5 says? Be continually filled, be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what happened to me. Now I am laughing so hard I'm weeping as I'm laughing and I'm thinking, I am thankful. I love India. And I start singing the song with great gusto. And and the more I sang it, the more I was filled with the Holy Spirit. When I got out of that taxi, when we arrived at that, I was a different person. I was absolutely transformed. I went from the outhouse to the penthouse. I went from the lowest point to the highest point. And I loved India. I didn't want to leave India. And I was looking forward to that tiny little apartment. I was looking forward to the sweating and the rice and the bananas and the bean. And then we walked up the stairs into this beautiful, big living room. High ceilings, four fans, red leather chairs. And at each chair, there was an ice cold glass of lemonade. And then we sat down to supper, and we had roast beef, mashed potatoes, and gravy in India. I've had a lot of wonderful, wonderful, wonderful meals in my life, but no meal will ever compare to that meal. And it wasn't the roast beef, it was the fact that God had done a miracle. In my life, he had transformed me through the power of thanksgiving. Now, I'm going to end with three things. The first one is the gospel. If you never surrendered your life to Jesus, if you never confessed with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, Aubrey, Pastor Aubrey's going to get up and I'm going to invite you to do that at the very end. But I have a second invitation to you. I have an invitation. I want to invite you to take up the gratitude challenge. 
The gratitude challenge, there's going to be a slide come up. There's a QR code there. You can, you can take a, a photo of that and download it. But I have, there are gratitude cards available. And I'm going to invite you, if you want to take up the gratitude challenge, which is for one month, with God's help, you will seek to regularly count your blessings. Start and end each day with just a few seconds of thanksgiving. Begin all your prayers. Make a habit of beginning all your prayers. First of all, with thankfulness. And secondly, make a habit of saying thank you as often as you can. The gratitude challenge. And if you would like to take up that gratitude challenge... I'm going to invite you to stand right now. If you want to become a more thankful person, if you want to experience the transforming power of gratitude, right at the beginning of this year, what a wonderful, wonderful opportunity it is to change your life through this very simple but powerful means of giving thanks. So I'm going to pray for us. You can collect your card at the guest services or use the QR code. And I trust the Lord is going to make a profound influence as we practice this. Father, we thank you for this simple, simple truth. Lord, even children can participate in this. We thank you there's a dynamic divine power that comes through thanksgiving. Now I pray for everyone who takes up this challenge, Lord. The Holy Spirit, you will anoint them, remind them, and transform them as they take this one-month challenge. And we pray that we might taste the fruit of that powerful transformation in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, one last thing before Pastor Aubrey gets up. I'm going to teach you a new benediction. So I want you to find a neighbor to look at. Find a neighbor to look at because you're going to speak a benediction to them. So everybody find a neighbor. And here's the benediction. Okay, don't say it yet. We're going to all do it together. I want you to look. Aubrey's my partner. I want you to look the person in the eye. And then on the count of three... We're going to say, I thank God for you. No, don't, no, 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 don't say it yet. <laughs> no, no. That's a good try. Thank you. You're a very eager group, and that's wonderful. On the count of three, all right, right? One, two, three. I thank God for you, brother. I really do. God bless you. <laughs> Just remain standing. Folks, that that was a great word and a great challenge for our year. I I want you to just bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you don't have to go anywhere, please don't. Uh, The best way that we start this year, the best way that you could possibly do that is by making that commitment that Pastor Ron talked about, about saying, you know what, Jesus, I give you leadership of my life. And maybe you've never done that in your whole life. Maybe you have, and like quite honestly, not that you've done a few things wrong, but you've absolutely slipped away from that. Today is your day 
to make that decision. And nobody's going to be looking around. Nobody's going to be singling you out or anything like that. But with all the eyes closed, if that's you today online, there's going to be a hand popping up for you. In the room, if that's you, would you lift up your hand and say, I need to give Jesus leadership of my life. I haven't done that. Yeah, thank you in the back. Thank you on the side. Anybody else want to join them? Thank you. Yeah, that's good. I see your hands in the back, guys. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just give you just a minute. Uh, online, feel like there's there's somebody that you you have that struggle going on inside of you right now, and you just need to surrender. You can trust him. Okay, just push that hand. God sees you. All right, let's pray this prayer. I said I wouldn't single anybody out, so we're all going to pray it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Today I give him leadership of my life. You are my Lord, my Father, my Savior, and my King. I thank you for all of those. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Hey, why don't we give Ron another hand? It's so good to have you here, folks. All of you and his cheering section. Thanks for joining us. We want to help you know God, live free, and find purpose. To find resources to grow in your relationship with Christ, go to churchoftherock.ca slash next. You can also join us at one of our campuses, including our interactive online campus at churchoftherock.live. For locations, service times, or to support the ministry of Church of the Rock, please go to churchoftherock.ca or download the Church of the Rock app.